um, you know, you know, money is just an exchange of value. So what are you valuing in your business? That's really what you have to think about, isn't it? Yeah, I love that. Money is an exchange of values. Welcome to Soul Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Mills Gray. A little dose of inspiration, high vibes, fun and practical tips to help you level up your leadership, learn from others' success, and join us for a natter as I get to know what makes people tick and how they've embraced becoming a soul leader. Welcome to episode two. This week I am talking to founder of Wellife Tribe, Kat V2. She is a nutritional health coach, she runs a community, she's a cooking enthusiast and all-round legend. So I'm really excited to take the next 30 minutes to chat to her and see how she's got on in her journey and any tips that she can give you for being a soul leader. So I am absolutely delighted to have, and I'm going to call you my my new online BFF because we haven't actually met in person, but we it feels like we have, and um, and we've got to know each other, and I'm I'm so thrilled that you're going to be part of my podcast, and so I'd like to introduce Kat Vitu, <laughs> said with a French accent, <laughs> and Kat is a think tank and founder of Wellife Tribe, which I am a member of, and that's how we met. So Wellife Tribe is a community of passion and purpose-led beings. Kat, welcome. Thank you for being part of it. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. It's so true. You are like my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like we've not actually hugged. And I'm a real hugger. So um, we will. And because you're moving to quite close to where I live as well, which is even better. So we're going to... It feels like I'm stalking you, doesn't it? I'm going to be your neighbour soon, Mel. (laughs) No, not at all. Not at all. It's like the stars are aligned more like. um, And so, yeah, so we met um, a year ago, pretty much. It was in the last lockdown. And um, I was recommended your Wellife Tribe as a place to go and hang out and be part of. And uh, I'm all about community. And so I, and I'm going to say this, I'm quite fussy about the communities that I join because, um, you know, I have a great community with my Arbon business. I have a good community within the coaching world, but I really, there was something that I really liked. And it was probably because I I chatted with you and I was like, yeah, cool, I'm in. And you and I are quite similar, I think, in the sense that we are, we are yes people. We're yes people. We just get on, we do it. If it, if it works, great. And then as we, and we're doing, we've, we've, We've worked together on a coaching program that we um, hasn't finished yet called Reclaim, which has been really fun and nice to get to know you from a coaching perspective as well. Um, And you also asked me to um, be on your podcast, which I was thrilled to do. And it's actually, again, I've done a few podcasts. I really enjoyed that one because it was like having a chat with some mates. And I think that's where we kind of sealed our sealed our online friendship but we are gonna meet soon and I'm I can't wait for it <laughs> so it's like that pressure now <laughs> yeah I know I know well you're gonna cook for me which is going to be amazing um just off air we've just been discussing Malaysia which is where your mum was from and where I met my husband and where I live for a bit so I understand now your true love of cooking it's in your genes 100% yeah. because 
everything is about food and and that kind of feast sit down family connect um exactly. when I lived there actually I draw the I, line Karen, that's what the Malaysians do I draw the line there at what which one at karaoke that's what most Malaysians do, and uh, we don't yeah. do karaoke. yeah yeah I think that's the Chinese Malay in them there's that there's it's just infiltrated the 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 Malays but um I remember feeling like if I didn't eat my breakfast lunch or dinner then the mama of the of the of the family that I lived with would not be she would have been fully offended <laughs> so it's like it, it really is where the heart is it's like um, exactly yeah no you have to eat um I did take my children back there um and it was for Harry Raya you know like Malaysian Christmas and um I was like just a mouthful just try everything when you go in because if you don't this looks really bad for us yeah <laughs> No, absolutely. It's like offensive. You have to try it. And kids, bless them, if they're anything like my kids, they're like, no way, it's green or no way. Yours probably don't because you cook so much. So yours are probably much better at being experimental. Um, so going on to kind of our, your business, because you are, I, I really want to say this, you are a, a really driven, clearly got a good work ethic. Um you've got a bit of a story which I'd love to hear a little bit about and, and let the listeners hear. Um, you've had a bit of a health journey. You've, you're also a nutritional health coach. Do you wanna give, like explain a little bit about all of the things that you have under your belt <laughs> so that we can get an understanding yeah, of where yeah, you're um, so yeah, no, my, um, I'd say that I, I previously worked in publishing. I was in media. Um, took a break to have children, but still continue to do a bit of work. But I was probably kind of losing my way a little bit. And I had set up like a social media agency and, you know, it wasn't something I really wanted to do. And then all of a sudden, um, 2015 came along and life just blew up in my face, actually, for a bit. Um, and I say that in a positive way because it's brought me here today. But the journey was I got diagnosed in 2015 with um, ovarian cancer, um, which obviously shook my whole world. Um, but at the same time as something as big as that happens to you, you kind of, you know, strip right back and right, what's going on? What happened? Why did this happen? And I felt for the first time, I kind of really connected you know you're kind of bare bones so it's just like right what, why did this happen what what am I going to do and all this kind of stuff anyway um through that kind of journey I decided to quit the job that I was doing and I became really obsessed with what I was eating how I was living and it got to a point where I was super annoying to be around because <laughs> I'm not using these pans where are these pans from where did you buy this sweet potato from <laughs> like super annoying um so I decided to kind of take it upon myself to find a course that I needed to do to sort of learn more about the journey of everything and I think we did the same course actually which was the IIN course yes and I think initially I did it it's so good. And it was really for self-preservation, first and foremost, because I think I was really searching for something at the time that I didn't know I was looking for. Um, and having kind of come out of cancer at that point, I was kind of suffering from a bit of PTSD, I think. I just didn't really know what was going on. And I was 
felt like I was kind of clutching at straws, but I did this course and it really changed my life because I think I suddenly got focus. I was in a room with so many other like-minded beings and suddenly I was so interested. Um, I'd always been interested in holistic spiritual bits and pieces, but never really taken it any further. Um, and then that just started the journey really for me. Um, from that point, I then became a coach um, but I still, uh, and that became quite busy quite quickly. People did come to see me, which at first I was like, who knows what a health coach is? I've never heard of one up until this point. Um, so, but jumped out there and suddenly all these people like, yeah, no, I have a sugar problem. I have this problem. And it was, you know, pretty good. But then I was like, I, I don't really want to do this. I want to reach more people and help more people. Um, and actually through my own Instagram account, I got called in by Virgin um, Atlantic. He said, do you want to come in and do a nutrition day? And I was like, uh, sure. You know, so I went for it. And that's kind of how that part of it started. And then I decided that I didn't want to do it by myself. I wanted to create a place where we could all join forces and work together. Yes. So that's kind of how that started. And then Wildlife Tribe sort of arrived a couple of years later out of being born of me trying to decide how it was going to look and feel. So going back to when you were diagnosed and, um, and I want to understand whether that holistic approach was also something that you were aware of then and did you include that in part of your, your healing process or was it something that once you, you were diagnosed with cancer you then looked into it and then you started to change your habits? So yeah, it was something I got diagnosed and um, I, I kind of changed my habits straight. It was like overnight, something happened overnight. Um, this is spiritual now. I realized the power of the universe actually, because I think I've, you've been in a room when I talked about this, but um, I kind of put something out there a couple of weeks before I got diagnosed because we were crash bang and wallop in our house and things started to go really pear shaped for us. And um, I then, I, I think something just clicked in me and I was like, right, you have to change the way you live. You're such a people pleaser. You're such a this, you know, you've really got to pull back on this because you, I don't know where your authentic person is, but it's not here and you've got to dig deep. And this also means you've got to start looking at where does your food come from? Uh, you've got two children, they're the future generation, pull yourself together. You've got to start with yourself first. And then once you've learned how to do this, then you can project it all over to the rest of the world. Yeah. Amazing. I, uh, and sometimes it does take hard things to that seismic shift in your life. And when you can come through the other side and you can look back and be like, ah, it's not that you're pleased that the thing happened necessarily, but you can appreciate that's the shift. That's where it's, it's molded my new journey or, or, or the, it's, it was the crossroad in my life that I needed. Um, I have a great friend who has had, um, he's had prostate cancer and his wife was one of these really, really thorough investor, investigative, um, she still is. Um, and he was doing all kinds of incredible things. He was like injecting mistletoe um, in, intravenously so that that is a really good way of shrinking, shrinking tumors and just all these incredible holistic things. Um, but I love that it sort of, it does always start at diet. And 
once you've gone through a journey, even if it's just doing a holistic health coaching course, you go, oh, but the link is so incredible. And what I loved about the IIN course that we both did uh, at separate times, I think, but I mean, who knows? The world's a funny place. We probably were on this <laughs> at the same time. I think you did it a little bit before me. Um, I was quite a strict plant-based person before I did IIN. And IIN helped me to understand that everybody is individual and it doesn't always have to be, you know, black or white. It can, you can have things in the middle. What have you continued with from your whole switch up back in 2015? Are you now still very, very much focused on the diet and health and what you can do to be the best healthy version of yourself? Um, so I would say one thing that I have stuck with is green smoothies. Like I, I'm, they're my religion. But one thing that has taught me, because I did start with food, but I would say at the beginning of that journey, I was really still trying to sort of find myself. So it, starting with food took me back to sort of that emotional journey of finding out my habits. Mm -hmm. So then it really became about soul food, actually. It really became about, you know, like what did I need to really get in there what was going on what did I need to clear what did I need to kind of move forward with what could I work on my limitations with and it became more about that than it did about food and I think that's the bit that I kind of live by now because um that's taken me a long time I say a long time like a few years to kind of work it took me a few years to work that out because I thought it was the food mostly and it is you do have to get that bit right but it but to when you finally get that bit right, you work out what was wrong and how you got there, if that makes sense. Yeah, total sense. And have you done other things as well, um, which I know you have, but what is it that you, is there a go-to that you're like, right, I'm feeling this emotion. I know now that for my body, I need to go for a walk or I need to have a massage or whatever it is. Are you in tune like that? And what are your, what are your go-to rituals? And let's pretend COVID's not around because you can go anywhere. <laughs> if you could go. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think my go-to rituals are like, I definitely love being in nature. That is something, but I, be, <laughs> during my um, recovery, I was really like, I must hug trees. And people were just like, well, what's she doing? <laughs> I'd be on a walk in wood and I'd go up and I'd be like, this is a bit weird. And it was very awkward. And I was like, but I'm getting used to it. And I'm like, I, I am in tune with the universe. And I used to just try and hold the trees, you know, like, but it took that kind of breaking the barrier. Like everybody's looking at you, cat. you know, it's a strange. Yeah. But for me, I don't know why I was really drawn to doing it. And so that's why I think I need to kind of go out in nature and do that. But also, I think just generally having a focus um like I say meditation is always something that I love but I didn't do it actively I knew about it you know all the apps and stuff but it's something that I truly kind of feel creates space for me and that's really important because I don't think prior to 2015 I never created any space in my mind I was just full-on all the time yeah I think you and I have a very similar similar kind of backstory there and I think that once you it's not about necessarily reaching burnout but it's about appreciating now that you, there is a time and a place to just chill the f out and just not always be on the go 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 um talking of hugging trees my friend was telling me about this place that she'd been to down in the new forest where they forest bathe so they go in the forest and they just bathe sunbathe bathe no sun just bathing 
not having a bath, just <laughs> lying in the forest. She was there all day. She said it was the most incredible reconnect to nature. Um, but of course, energetically, there's just pulls that, you know, you're, you get so much more grounded and hugging a tree. I'm all for hugging trees. You feel as you hug it, you can feel the energy. You're like, oh my God. And trees are the most incredible things. If you really dig deep on trees, like they communicate with each other underground by their roots. If, and if one tree is yeah. not getting enough light, their others will move over to help it. I mean, they, it's so, it's so clever. It's so clever. That's actually one of the reasons that we're moving, actually, because where that's what sold us to the house. Oh, yeah, so where we're to is There's so many beautiful yeah. walks and trees. Well, when we got out of the car into the garden, it was just full of trees, and I was like, "This is it. That's where we're going to." And that was kind of it. It was. It's weird. I do tap into nature, but nature is where everything comes from. You know, we've got to really appreciate it. Um, we're, we're not helping it. We've got to do things to keep it there because that's our biggest medicine, isn't it, really? Yeah, totally. So moving direction towards your business, um, you work with a couple of people. Are they partners? Are they, tell me, run me through the kind of idea to conception, to execution of Wildlife Tribe, because I think you've got so many gifts to give the tribe. Um, and you, you mentioned earlier, it was like you just wanted to, to bring people together. What sparked the idea? Was it working by yourself? Was it not finding um, I think I've always wanted, yeah, I've always wanted my own company, um, but I didn't really know what it was. I was like, yeah, I, I want my own company one day, but, you know, and I searched so, so many different things that I was like, no, not that, no, not that, you know. And I think also it was that limiting belief thing. And then when I trained to be a coach and then I'd done it by myself for a bit, I was like, okay, maybe I could have my own company now. Maybe there's a way of bringing people together and using all my previous skills in media um, and publishing to then help people within a community. Um, because what I was finding, I was so interested in meeting other people that when I met them, a lot of people had imposter syndrome uh, or they didn't want to reach out or they were finding certain things overwhelming that I don't find overwhelming. And I was like, right, I can help you with that. And I was always like, I can help you with that. I can do this, you know, <laughs> like, like a Duracell bunny. Oh, I can do that. You know, no, 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 I'll show you, you know. <laughs> I thought, calm down. Um, you know, then I thought, well, why don't I just build a community where they can all come in? And the purpose of the community is that I can help you. <laughs> like, and I think it was then became something more than that. You know, people were starting to come in. Um, I wanted to build um, something that had a heartbeat so that it wasn't just that you were in a community and we just messaged on, you know, some sort of screen. We were actually, you could pick up the phone to us, you know, you could just tell us when something wasn't right, you know. And I wanted like a place where solo entrepreneurs could actually just feel like they were, it was almost like their own company. Do you know what I mean? They were getting that kind of, that those extra bits that they were missing out of it. So they felt more confident to grow. And that was kind of the purpose. So I kind of set it up with a friend initially, but then she parted and decided, because she's she was a makeup artist, a brilliant makeup artist, and she's gone and produced her own uh, product now. Um, and then I met a few other people, Dina, Liberty and that. We all ended up, it was quite nice actually, because we all ended up coming to my kitchen table two or three times a week. Um, and then it started with two of us, then it went to three of us, then it went to five of us. And suddenly I had six people just sat there who were like, don't worry, because I couldn't pay them to solve. And they were like, 
just could we just sit down at your table and we'll help you and then that's basically what happened for about two years so it was slightly crazy but that's kind of what it was and and then it kind of grew from there and that's when we kind of started I think I started to take it seriously when I got a mentor in and just went you know this is all really good but I'm not really sure how I'm monetizing this and I'm putting a lot of time into it so I did have to have that kind of stop and now we're kind of working towards something you know we are you know we're generating revenue albeit we're not like multi-millionaires or anything but it's coming and it's all it's all comfortable it's all good and you know and, and it works really well and I think people are getting the value out of it you know they see they're seeing what it is and that for me is like we've kind of reached that curve now to, to move on to the next step I think perfect so, yeah it's, and it's allowed you to do all the other things that you do as well so it's it's you do your coaching you do your podcast which yeah. are kind of all linked but also not so it's it's a it's it's a great platform for you to connect with so many like-minded women as well and men and men Ooh, mustn't forget the men yeah <laughs> there are there are, <laughs> are you on there <laughs> we're working there are <laughs> yeah no they're all really um you know they're just I think what I like about it is that we've almost made friends with everybody as well. Um, so there is a really, there's a, it is definitely a business with a heartbeat and that was more of my objective, I guess. And for your own self um, in kind of running a business, cause I think a bit like me, you do everything in the sense that I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. I can help you with that. Or yeah, I, I'll say yes to that. Um, and sometimes that that's, it, I think it's like our biggest strength personally, but it can sometimes be our biggest weakness because we take maybe too much on. Um, in your own businesses, have you kind of understood where you're, you know, what you've, you can outsource? Are you good at that? Talk me through, because if someone's listening and they're like, I'm like that, I take everything on, I do everything. What would be your advice on that? So I think for me, what it was, I was like, okay, so when we're making this amount of money, I am actually going to hand some bits over because personally, one of the worst things, I don't like accounting. I hate numbers and all the finances. It's just like, I like money, but I just don't like writing it down. So I think, although I'm kind of good on that part of keeping an eye on things, I just prefer if somebody could just take the bits off me that I don't like and leave me to do the bits that I really like. So when we hit a certain target, I was like, okay, let's employ virtual assistant number one. So then we did that. Yeah. And then we went, okay, when we hit that tar target, let's employ virtual assistant number two. And then Dina, as you know, is a big part of the business. She's kind of coming in um, to almost partner it with me now. And she kind of takes on, she loves operations. She loves all the bits where, again, I don't really like. Um, and then it, what it does, it just frees you up to actually do all the bits that you just want to do. If you can set yourself a target, know what's going on, be transparent in the business. I think you then can allow yourself the freedom to build more and expand more when you you know, invite people and in, invest in people taking on the bits that don't work for you that can that still need work on, but you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Have you had any? Um, has it all gone very smoothly? Have you had any sort of hiccups in the road where you were like, oh, my God, or. Um, I think I realized that, you know, like there are so many people who kind of came up to me and just said, oh, I'll do it and I don't want to get paid for it and this and the other. And then initially when you start a business, yeah, that sounds good to me, <laughs> but it's not good. Always pay for these things, always invest because it's just at the end of the day, you will make that money back because you're still making the business roll. Whereas if you 
take somebody who will do it for nothing. You can't really rely on it. And it's not really their fault, but they can pick and choose their times. And you can't feel comfortable with asking them to be somewhere when you need them because it won't work like that. Yeah, I agree with that. It's almost like you need to just contract that up so that everybody's on the same page and it's not favours. It's it's a bit more professional, maybe. Um, I, I also, when I look at tasks that I don't like doing and I look at how much it costs for a VA to do it and then how much my hour would be if I was doing something better. And I always say to clients and my team is really audit it. You know, if you can, if you can get two days, sorry, two hours of your week, someone else doing the things that you don't want to do, you could make three times that if you really put your mind to it. So it's just, but it's, it's having that, um, belief that you can jump and and that will make you know you'll make up the difference and I think that can often be the first biggest hurdle for entrepreneurs is to be like oh god what am I going to give away to somebody else and I think sometimes entrepreneurs can be a little bit control freaky and be like no no no, no, I need to do it I need to know where it all is but I think once you've done it and you've given a few things away it's like ah hallelujah because your time is important as making money so your time is also your value and if you use all your time, what you realize is when you're doing the bits that really sort of niggle you and that you don't enjoy, it's just not a good use of your time. And, um, you know, you know, money is just an exchange of value. So what are you valuing in your business? That's really what you have to think about, isn't it? Yeah, I love that. Money is an exchange of values. That's a good one. So where do you see yourself and Wildlife Tribe and your coaching? What are your next few year goals? So I think in the next few years, I just want to grow the community, get more people in, help more people. We are we're creating courses for corporates at the moment, which is really good. Um, we're actually getting a few people into companies and using, you know, getting people in places where we can. Um, albeit in COVID, that's slightly been challenging. Um, before that, we were doing quite well you know we were doing a few conferences for companies and stuff. So at the moment, it's been kind of a bit more of a slower process um it is what it is and I don't make promises to people so when people come on and they join I don't say oh yeah you're gonna get a corporate job here then everywhere I can't actually promise that but you know if it comes up then then I obviously recommend the people who come on what I would like to do is we we're trying to do memberships for corporate so that all the people on our panel will then get in front of people then and that's the opportunity then for um corporates to book them mm-hmm. um you know we've we've talked to everybody we know exactly who everybody is in our in our business and we know that we would definitely recommend you know certain individuals if not the whole panel to a lot of companies so we're trying to instill um corporate programs in so that we make a p- another pathway for all of our members i think with the corporate side of things it's going to be such a necessity for corporate i think it was already turning that way but I think especially post-COVID, it's going to have to be at the forefront of all corporate minds to have wellness, everything to do with well-being for their employees. So it's 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 a good space that will, I think, I think will explode. Um, okay. Yeah, it's interesting though, because um, I think we spoke to somebody yesterday and a lot of people are obviously cutting budgets at the moment um so it's interesting to try and where you're where we're we we are going in and saying okay so you're doing all the wellness yourself but you need to put value into these areas because people matter you know people really do matter and 
you have to make the investment, but you, we're still trying to kind of get HR and that some companies to kind of come around to it. They're not all convinced at the I moment, but you know, we will be banging on the door. I think it's going to be a necessity. I think the mental health of globally is going to have a bit of a shake up um, once people go back to work and there's, yeah, I think it's going to be, it, it should be actually at the, the top of the agenda for a lot of companies to be looking after the people after this horrendous few years that's that's happening taking place yeah um, we're working with schools as well actually which is oh, good that's, that's really nice to hear that's really yeah because i think children really need to be cared for in this process um oh, me too me too okay. i think they are the um the um they have there's not that many people with a voice for them it seems in the powers of be, I feel like their voice is slightly forgotten right now. So that's nice to hear. That gives me hope. You've given me hope, Kat. That's the nicest thing I've heard for all week. <laughs> Yay to the schools that are doing that. Um, more, more of you step forward. <laughs> um, okay, uh -huh. so you, we, we mentioned your cooking at the beginning. Um, I can't wait to come round to your house and have a meal. I'm very excited. What kind of, um, what's your favourite cooking style? Um, so Malaysian cooking is my favourite. Um, obviously, I got that from my lovely mum. So I, my husband's really into it now and my kids. So we do go back to the tradition because my mum is proper Malaysian. So she's actually, well, she's proper Malaysian, Malaysian, Portuguese, Dutch, if you can call that. Oh, but, but it's all about eating with your hands and all that yeah. kind of stuff over there. So I do get my kids to do that. So every now and again, we will make a huge feast, you know, beef rendang, chicken soy sauce, steamed chicken, all that kind of stuff. Um, lots of fish, vegetables, and we'll all sit around and eat it with our hands. Love it. <laughs> People are like, oh, no. no, but I like to go back culture of it to be honest absolutely and I I really feel like with things like that again it's that connection with um there's something a bit I don't know like connecting with the earth it's sort of like that's what we used to do we used to feed ourselves with our hands from things that were grown from the earth and it's it's just it's a really small change but when you use a knife and fork you're you're losing that connection I think it's it's an energy thing it's an energy thing. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's just, um, I think as well, you know, my the culture of that I have is a gift and, you know, it's one for me to share with my children. And I think, you know, it's really important that they they know how other people live in the world. Yeah, I agree. I think that's that's so important. And I think that um, you can get stuck a little bit in a, in a bubble of where you live or, or that area and just think that's what everyone else does. I'm such a massive fan of traveling and, and spent, you know, many years doing it and living in other countries. And I always talk to my kids about different cultures. I just think it's so important for them to see different religions, different ways of thinking, doing, seeing, acting, everything. Um, you often post about your food. Uh, is there a cookbook on the way? Oh God, I wish. I just don't have the time right now. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to. I do do because I run cooking classes in between as well. And people are like, how do you have time for that? But I do that because I really love it. It's something that I really enjoy. So um, I tend to try and do one or two a month. Um, mostly plant-based cooking, if I'm honest, because I think what I love, I do eat meat, a bit like you, the IIN, I am Switzerland. But um, 
<laughs> but the thing is about it is that I, I think people should just learn to eat plants as a main meal and see how delicious it is. So most of my um, cook um, classes are plant-based because I just want to show people that you just don't have to eat meat all the time. Absolutely. I think it's so much, um, I think, although plant-based food has become much more in vogue, shall we say, I still think there's a bit of a disconnect because a lot of it is that fake meat, which I'm not a big fan of. I think actually there's so much, there's so much you can get from plants. Like I really think like adding mushroom into your, into your, instead of meat for bolognese is so meaty and a mushroom is so meaty rather than just getting a meat alternative. So I think there's, there's plant-based and then there's, there's commercial plant-based which I'm not such a big fan of so I love that whole going back to the sort of raw ingredients of of the diversity of plants well that's what you can cook with me I'd love I'd be happy with happy with a plant-based mama cat meal I'm gonna make you eat with your hands I'll and then hands. something plant-based barefoot <laughs> on the floor <laughs> I'm all over it <laughs> and um Okay, so where can people find you, first of all? So Wildlife Tribe, people can still apply all the time to you. It's You don't have certain times of the year that you take yeah. people in. We did close our books for a bit, but we've opened them up now to let new members in. Um, but yeah, just get in touch. You know, we end, I end up having a Zoom with people and basically just to give them an opportunity to see if they want to join it um and if they like it and if they align with us so it's not like you just fill in something we do have a talk before the process um yeah and then just join it you know the opportunities there are really good we what we try to do is use our platform so that you can be a podcast guest you can get all your written work out there do collaborations I think you know as you know there is quite a lot of opportunity within the membership community Absolutely. And I think like with anything, you can sit back and watch and be a spectator or you can get fully involved. And um, I always advise people just get involved. It's so much better for you to to um, to learn and to fail forward and but doing it in a community where you feel a little bit safer. So I think that's what's so nice about it. Um, it's been an honour chatting. Thank you so much. I um, thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And um, really good as well. I'm really pleased that you've done a podcast because I really enjoy our conversation. So I think everybody will love this. Yeah, oh God, totally. <laughs> Who would want to sit down and listen to us? <laughs> and we are also doing um, weekly clubhouse rooms as well. So um, it's uh, if you if you are new to the clubhouse or aren't on clubhouse, then find both Kat and myself and uh, follow us and you'll get notifications on our room so that you can come and join our Natter, put your hand up and contribute. It's much more fun. So, yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Welcome to Soul Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Mills Gray. A little dose of inspiration, high vibes, fun and practical tips to help you level up your leadership, learn from others' success and join us for a natter as I get to know what makes people tick and how they have embraced becoming a soul leader.